You're listening to The Lightwalker's Path with Serena Myers, the podcast that sparks real, raw, honest conversations about what it actually means to live a spiritual life. Serena is a sacred soul mentor who guides people to tap into their heart's truth so they can live their lives with purpose on purpose. Welcome back to The Lightwalker's Path. I'm your host, Serena Myers, and this is episode 23. I am so incredibly excited, actually, because for this episode, I have branched out beyond my immediate network, and I have brought on a wonderful guest who I'm so excited to finally get to meet. So you're going to love him, too. This is George Lizos. He is a spiritual teacher. He is an intuitive And you might know his work because he's really well known for working with elementals. So the dragon realm and mermaids and unicorns and fairies. And today we're going to talk about something completely different. So I tend to put together episodes where I'm following the guidance of where I'm being nudged to kind of stretch into and what to talk about. And I was so excited that he was up for this. So George, tell us a little bit about the divine masculine and how it plays out in your work today. First of all, it's so great to be here with you, Serena. I'm so excited to dive into the divine masculine. And actually, I want to connect it a little bit with the elemental spirit because it's so interconnected the way that nature and the divine masculine and the divine feminine all intermingle. So let's just get the basics down first. When I teach about the divine masculine or the divine feminine, just people get confused with what is the difference between gender, sex, sexuality, and the divine masculine and divine feminine? So let me get the basics down. So gender, first of all, let's start with sex. Sex is biological, either a boy or girl. Then gender is social, is what you identify with, and therefore a man or a woman. And then sex, sexuality, it's gay, straight, bi, etc., whatever. Now, the divine feminine and the divine masculine are quite different. They're present in all three arenas. Yes, it is uh, known and accepted that women tend to be more in their feminine energy and um, men uh, tend to be more in their masculine energy, but we all have both masculine and feminine energy within us. Now, the divine masculine, the divine feminine are basically terms that we made up in order to understand this world of duality that we live in. In spiritual truth, there's only oneness. We're all in this beautiful, interconnected, energetic web of consciousness. But because we chose to come into this world of duality with the aim of exposing ourselves to contrast and allowing that contrast to inspire desires, desires within us, then we like compartmentalizing energy in different ways so that we can relate to it. Now, the divine masculine aspect of source, it's that energy of creation. It's that energy of taking action, of motivation, of moving forward, of expressing yourself, of organizing, of creating structure in things. The divine feminine, on the other hand, it's all about letting go and nurturing and receiving and connecting to your intuition. So they are seemingly opposing energies, but actually one is found within the other. (laughs) In other words, when you truly embrace the divine masculine, you are naturally in your feminine energy as well. There is a feminine energy within the masculine in the sense that when you are not abusing the masculine, you are expressing it in a very balanced way. And in the same way with the divine feminine, 
it has some masculine energy within it because when you're fully aligned with the divine feminine and not abusing the feminine energy, you don't just sit back and receive, you take action on what you've received. So really the two terms are very interconnected. But since we're talking more about the, uh, the divine masculine today, it is that energy of action, of creation, that many light workers tend to lack. From my experience, many light workers are just light chillers. <laughs> we, we're all about connecting to our intuition, letting the, the, letting the guidance flow through our bodies, just being in these good vibes and thinking that's taking action towards following our life purpose and creating change in the world. But the reason we've been doing all that, and I'm going to go a little bit deeper here, because for thousands of years, the masculine energy, not divine masculine, masculine energy has dominated and has been abused patriarchy has been in control. It started like in prehistoric times when men acquired the notion of land and possession and therefore created the idea that possession is more important than just receiving and just nurturing and planting, for example. And it expanded into the world we live in today right now, where it's all about go, 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 don't follow your intuition. Here are the, the, the logical plans you need to follow in order to find success in your life. Now, thankfully, over the past few decades, lightworkers all over the world are realizing that we, are, we live in a very imbalanced world. Patriarchy can't exist anymore. We need to find balance. We need, therefore, to uplift the divine feminine. So we've been doing a lot of work collectively. So many generations have been doing a lot of work and the divine masculine has started to get more acceptance and feminine energy, sorry, divine feminine and feminine energy in general. Now, of course, there is a lot more work to be done to bring the divine feminine up to where it should be next to the divine masculine. But in our attempt to glorify the divine feminine with We've damned the divine masculine. Mm. We've told ourselves that, okay, now we need to focus on the feminine. Like we're acting out of like fear. Let's focus on the feminine. So we're going 100% feminine, just connecting with the goddesses, just doing the meditation and staying and then basking with this beautiful energy and thinking that by meditating on world peace, we're bringing upon world peace. Yes, it contributes to a great degree, but it's not enough because we don't have a notion of balance <laughs> We're trying to resolve the problem by creating the opposing problem. Whereas if we continue just focusing on the divine feminine, we're going to create eventually yet another imbalance where it's a matriarchal society rather than a patriarchal society. So just to end this uh, long reply to your first question, <laughs> the divine masculine is not the bad guy. The way we've abused it is... And I believe that it's our job as light workers to embrace both parts of the term light, divine feminine, and work rather than just being light chillers. Yes, I love that. And it's, you actually basically touched on everything that I wanted to talk about. So that's really <laughs> as just our foundation to be starting from. You talked about the patriarchy. And what I notice is a lot of people who step into light work um, are... Uh, really aligned with the divine feminine or and they have often been 
I don't want to use abused, but there has been like wrongdoings by the patriarchy and by masculine energy. So whether that is men or not, but there's something about that hardness. Um, And sometimes it's even just the internalized pressure as well, right? Because it's not just women that this is happening to. So when I invited you, the first thing I had happen was a whole bunch of kind of shitty things around men came up almost, almost instantly, including up to yesterday right before our call. And I find that sometimes that's what I need to be able to spur conversation because I go, okay, obviously there's something that I have here that needs to heal. And so when we have these patriarchal wounds and then we're talking about doing something to lift the masculine, I know there are some people who are probably hearing this and feeling a lot of resistance. Mm. made the distinction of, of the divine masculine and the patriarchy, but how do we make it feel safe for people to even allow that uprising to happen. Because you're right, we don't want to swing the pendulum so far in the other direction that we have a completely opposite problem. How do we get people who have been harmed by the patriarchy to feel safe? So we're basically afraid of patriarchy. And the way to overcome anything you're afraid of is to face it, to face that fear. And the way I do that with my clients, I, I do a lot of past life therapy. So I take them into a past life Uh, where they've been abused by masculine energy or where they have abused masculine energy themselves and they face the original trauma and then they're able to face their trauma in this lifetime because the past and the future and the present, they're all intermingled. So really when you're doing past life work, you're doing present life work and future life work. Mm -hmm. Because when you heal something in the past life, you heal something in the current life. But you just have to heal something. You need to bring it all up. It brings it all up anyway. When you you, you touch on a trigger, it triggers everything. And when you face and have a conversation with the trigger and the fear, that's when you start healing it and realizing that it's not the masculine energy that created all that. It's people abusing that masculine energy. And I want to tell you my story of how I, I dealt with this. Uh, where do I start? Let me start from my childhood, where I grew up in this beautiful Mediterranean island, small community called Cyprus. Uh, the thing with small communities is that they don't accept difference. So when I was all, always like the weird kid, talking to the flowers and being out by myself. So I was made fun of a lot um, at school and I was bullied a lot. So I kept to myself. I tried to change myself and be other people wanted me to be in order to find acceptance. I tried to be the perfect student at school, the perfect son for my parents, the perfect citizen in society. So when I found out I was gay at the age of 13 years old, I'm like, no way, no way I'm coming out as gay because at the time, gay people were considered to be pedophiles and criminals in Cyprus. It was actually illegal until uh, 1994, I think. I was four years old at the time. So there was a big stigma on homosexuality. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm just going to change myself from gay to straight one step at a time like I did for everything else. And of course, it did not work out the way I expected it to. Clearly, I couldn't change myself because I was born this way. So after two years of, uh, of trying to change and couldn't, I decided that the easy way out was, the only way out basically, uh, was to take my own life. So I reached this very low psychological point when I'm like, there's no point for me leaving. So you see the masculine energy right now, abusing my feminine energy, mm-hmm. being born with a lot of feminine energy and the masculine energy controlling nature, society, patriarchy, trying to control it by controlling me and therefore me abusing my masculine energy by wanting to take my own life. Thankfully, this didn't happen. I had an epiphany and I decided 
fuck the church, fuck society. I'm going to be who I want to be. And I learned to love and accept myself. Long story. Now, one part of the story. Let's jump a few years later to two years ago, <laughs> where I was living in London, working in London, and I was working a full-time job while working my business part-time, working on my business part-time. So I would go to work nine to five, come home, short break, seven to 12 in the midnight, I would work on my business for three years, nonstop Serena, just bang on every single day. That's commitment to the work though. That's committed to the work, but it's abusing of myself and of my muscle yeah. energy because it's too much work. Yeah. So in those three years, my health suffered. I just was full of eczema. I was almost depressed. Like in retrospect, thinking back on myself right now, I know I was mildly depressed uh, because I, I didn't have time to, had no personal life, no social life. I didn't have time to go to the gym or eat healthily or do anything. I was just work, 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 work. So even though a masculine energy patriarchy failed to kill me when I was a teenager. It was doing it slowly in my adulthood. And Years we totally later. glorify that. We glorify oh. that hustle energy. Yes. Oh my God. So and it devours us. So for, for so many years, I thought I had healed that. I've, I've been doing this work for 10 years now. I had written my book, the spiritual teacher, blah, blah, blah. And there I was allowing masculine energy to keep abusing me. It is so subtly embedded into the, the cornerstone of society that we don't realize how much patriarchy is controlling us. And when I realized it, when I realized it because I woke up one morning and I couldn't go to work, my body wouldn't move. Like it refused to move. I was like fatigued. So I did what uh, I always did when I was in um, a state of turmoil. I went to Glastonbury. I don't know if you know what Glastonbury is a magical town in the UK. So I go to Glastonbury and I, I was guided to, um, to go do a past life regression. So I go do a past life regression. And by the way, like a side note, for a year until that moment, I've been doing past life regressions. And in those past life regressions, I kept seeing myself being a prostitute over and over again. I'm like, what's up with that? So I go to that past life regression with the aim of going to the first lifetime when I was a prostitute so I could resolve it. And I found out that in that first lifetime, I was, uh, I was a prostitute who I got impregnated with one of my clients. And when he found out, he stabbed me in the womb and killed the baby. So mm. from then on, I vowed to keep suppressing my feminine energy and to only live in my masculine energy. So lifetime like after lifetime after lifetime, I would abuse my masculine energy. In this lifetime, I abuse it by not accepting my homosexuality and by overworking myself. And it was only after, through past life therapy, I was able to forgive and, uh, and let go of what happened in the past lifetime. Therefore, what people can do is face their past life and then forgive their, uh, their abuser but also forgive themselves because we may have been abusers of masculine energy in past lives as well or in this lifetime. So with forgiveness, I was able to let that go. I broke the, the, the chain. Coming out of the past life regression, I got three quick impulses, epiphanies. Quit your job, go self-employed, move to Cyprus. And that's what I did in exactly that order. I planned for a year. I quit my job. I moved to Cyprus, I went self-employed, and here I am two years later. The eczema is gone, my health is great, I feel happy, 
and I'm, I have this balance of work and this rhythm better of, of work and relaxation. I go to the beach, I relax, but at the same time I work. So this is how we break the chain of patriarchal control over us. We identify what the problem is. We're not afraid to face the, uh, the abuse and the trauma. We forgive, we let go, and we start new. I love that facing element because I feel like a lot of times the shadowy parts of light work are the parts that we put off, delay, avoid because they're not comfortable. It's a lot easier to say, yeah. oh, I'm just going to say this mantra a thousand times than it is to say, I'm actually going to look at these unexplored parts of myself so that I can actually bring real healing there, not just band-aid what's underneath. Because we're so obsessed with positivity in the spiritual community. Totally. You're like, oh, just be positive, just be positive. Oh, don't cry. Oh, raise your vibes. I'm like, well... You can't really raise your vibes when you have really low vibes in your past lives or in your present lifetime that are there, active in your vibration, but you're suppressing just because you're supposed to be this superficially positive person all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, and even just the impact let, let, of suppressing Let me, let me add something more because Please. I think this is where it's at. We're afraid of negative emotion because we feel that when we... Uh, when we are in a negative state of being and when we affirm or when we feel negatively, we're going to attract more negativity. That's, that's where the fear is based on. But what we don't realize is that all a negative emotion wants is to be heard and acknowledged. And then it loses its power completely. Its only power over us is, is us being afraid of letting it speak. And as soon as it speaks and expresses itself, it's gone. Mm-hmm. It's completely gone. I always say shame breeds in silence. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. that's the thing when I do, whenever I have something that's been really, really bugging me, I will find someone safe that I can say it out loud. Cause just, just in saying it out loud, just in voicing it just strips it of its power immediately. Completely. It doesn't get the, okay. doesn't get rid of the problem, but it gets rid of the power the problem has over you for being able to do something different. It obliterates the, the negativity of it. And it's 50% of the solution just mm-hmm. facing it. Well, you know, what's so interesting too is like when I look at your website, you have so many different products that you create. So you are a massive creator. And for that past life experience to have been so deeply tied to the womb, like imagine how much little you would be creating in this life or how much less you'd be creating in this life if you hadn't resolved that. And then the ripple effect that has of all the people that you've helped with the things that you've created. It's bananas. Like the world would be completely different without that impact. Exactly. That's why it's so important for all of us to, to do not be afraid to do the shadow work. And for people who may be interested, since things you mentioned on my website, I have a, a class that I did with a new age hipster, Vix, Vix Maxwell, called Divine Masculine Rising, mm. which we do exactly that. We guided people to go to those past lives and heal the, the, the abuse of masculine energy and then also embrace it. So if people can, can go to georgedesus.com and go to the work with me section you'll be able to find the Divine Masculine Rising workshop. Yes. And I actually think that that's a really, really great place to start. Um, I don't know if you know, but I'm a, I'm a priest to, to Greek paganism. Oh, I didn't know that. No. So I'm part of the religion that honors, that still honors the, the Greek gods. So we work with, with Zeus and Apollo and Aphrodite. I have Hephaestus here with me right now. <laughs> Beautiful. So let, let's talk a little bit about this because... All the ancient cultures, like from all cultures around the world, like the, um, the, the American Indians as well, they all personified, as you just said, aspects of nature. And they, they've, they've given them personality. They, they, were, they were giving them um, 
different aspects and, um, and an essence and a beingness. And they wrote music about them and they wrote poems about them and hymns. And every single day, like, you know now, Serena, we, we do our new moon and full moon rituals. Did you know that the ancient Greeks honored the moon in every, almost every single day? Mm, like in the all different cycles. phases, all the different phases. It wasn't just something you did just to take a beautiful picture and post it on Facebook or Instagram. It, it was a relationship they've had with the world and there is so much we can learn from them. It's not a matter of go, going back and becoming pagans, although you can if you want to. It's just a matter of allowing ourselves to be inspired by them and start seeing the, the consciousness and the spirit and the animism that it is within all natural things. Like if you go outside, I teach a lot about mermaids and that's how you discovered me. Mm-hmm. Um, so people ask me, okay, are mermaids real? I'm like, yes, they are, but it's not the, uh, the beautiful women with a fish tail that you have in mind. This is just the way we interpret the energy of what mermaids are. What mermaids are is let's go to the beach. You go to the beach, you sit on the beach, you close your eyes, you meditate, and you allow yourself to become one and be exposed to the uh, the sensations and the affect that the sea creates within you. So it makes you feel calm and it makes you, it it transports you. It just, um, it creates, it brings up thoughts in your mind. It creates feelings within you and opens up your heart and you start feeling vulnerable and, 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 and releasing fears and limiting thoughts and beliefs that you've had and suppressed emotions that you've had for so long, that's mermaids. That interrelation, that connection you had with the sea right then, that's the mermaid communicating with you because you couldn't have had those thoughts. You couldn't have had those feelings if it weren't for the sea. And yet people will attribute that to the ocean or to the beach more than they will to the mermaid energy in the first place. To the spirit, because it is the spirit. So imagine if rather than just say, oh, the sea calms me down, let's say, well, the sea spirit calms me down. I like having a relationship with the sea spirit. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to call it mermaid, at least. It's a shift of perception. Absolutely. Just, Just starting to have this relationship with nature, just brings you into balance and you, you, you manage, you, you find this balance between the divine masculine and the divine feminine in, intrinsically. You don't need to create it or fabricate it. It's just there when you expose yourself in a conscious way to nature. What I love about this too is that you have um, your, your, your course is coming up right now around yes. healing. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, I'm so excited. This is the second time we're launching it. So I'm doing this course with uh, the author of Unicorn Rising. She's a Hay House author. Her name is Kalista. And it's called the Elemental Healing Practitioner Course. So it is a certification course. It's a 12-week course where we train people to become certified elemental healing practitioners. We teach them how to establish a connection and a relationship, a deep relationship, with the different elements, we introduce a bunch of different elementals from each element and guide them into 12 weeks of deepening their connection with them and then channeling that energy within the different elements and the life areas that each element and elemental specializes in, channel it to help other people heal and heal and transform different aspects of their lives. For example, the water element um, works with um, the relationships and emotions. 
The fire element is all about motivation and action taking and physical health and so on. So it's both a hands-on healing modality, just like Reiki. So people can use it in that way. So we teach different hand positions. But at the same time, there's a lot of psychic work, uh, work involved where they have to connect with the elemental, channel the elemental, and then use different processes to help the client create some elemental magic in their own life. So I'm launching this course again uh, starting in November, and I'm doing a free webinar for everybody uh, who wants to attend and learn all about how to deepen their connection with the elementals. The webinar is coming up on the 3rd of November. And if people can go to georgelizos.com forward slash elementals, you can sign up for it. It's a free one hour webinar. We're going to teach you for free about the elementals. And then in the end, we're going to introduce and open the doors to the second round of the Elemental Healing Practitioner course. And I'd love for everybody who feels called to come and join us. And talk about like bringing in that balance and forging that relationship um, with nature in this beautiful way with these, these energies that have been personified so that it is fun. It is meeting a new friend and it is uh, being able to bring real work to light work. It's all about partnering with nature rather than using the elementals as like our, our slaves. Oh, That's a very big distinction. It's partnering and co-creating together. That's what this work is all about. I love that. And that is happening so soon. So again, that webinar is on November the 3rd. Okay, well, just as a heads up, this is an abridged version of this conversation. If you want to feel and hear the full meal deal, you'll want to hop over to my YouTube channel. So you'll look up my name, Serena Myers, not specifically this podcast, and you'll be able to get the entire conversation with George in depth and just really tap into the different ways that you can be really striving for balance. So yes, there is the divine masculine that is rising, but what we're talking about is not a domination of one or the other. It's really bringing in more balance, more harmony. George, thank you so absolutely much for this conversation. It has been an absolute treat. Thank you so much for having me. I so love chatting with you. I love chatting with you too. Have a really good rest of your day. And for the rest of you, I will be catching you next week right here. Same bat time, same bat channel.